people of God, our first reading this morning comes from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters away in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you. And I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans For your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. Then will you call upon me and come and pray to me? I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you're able. In the Holy Gospel this morning, according to St. John, the 14th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples as they gathered around the table of his last supper, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And in thanksgiving for the God who comes near to us, who gives us, not as the world gives, but gives us peace and consoles our troubled hearts. People of God, where did you see God this week? Mm. It's nice to have that 
All the many ways that God gathers us back from the places God has sent us. Absolutely. We give thanks for that. Anyone else? Where have you seen God this week? Of course, I share in that. You know, I'm separated from much of my family. Jenny, the same. And so we give thanks for the way that... Uh, especially this the past Thanksgiving, we were able to connect and reconnect and um, celebrate even from afar all the many things and all the ways that God has blessed us and given us reason to give thanks. Yes, Pat. I give thanks as well. Praise God indeed. Praise God indeed. And we continue to pray for continued healing and presence and joy now as you continue to move through the next steps of your life. Thanks be to God. Anyone else? Where have you seen God this week? On Thanksgiving for these and all the ways that God comes near to us. People of God, will you pray with me? O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until your son, O God, appears. Give us your spirit that we may rejoice in all things, good and gracious God, knowing that the season turns colder, the days grow darker. And as it seems, those around us suffer more and more. Bless us and keep us, Emmanuel, God with us, and raise us up to the new life promised through him, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Pour out your spirit on us and Through this word given to us, raise us up to be his body, broken and shared for the world. All these things and all the things of our hearts, we lift before you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future filled with hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a beautiful passage of scripture. It's a, a beautiful promise from God. Where do we normally see this verse appear in our daily lives? Does anybody know? We see it about once a year. It pops up on all various kinds of things. Does anyone know? Want to stab a guess? Shows up in the springtime in preparation for graduation season. And it's a wonderful sentiment for a graduate, right? As young people are setting out into the world to to see what their future holds, Jeremiah 29, 11 reassures them that God will be with them, granting them success, protecting them from harm's way, And providing them with a future filled with opportunity and with hope. In fact, I still have my keychain 
my home congregation gave me when I graduated from high school. And on the back, Jeremiah 29, 11. But now later in life, looking to this chapter from Jeremiah in fuller detail, these are not the words that I want my 18-year-old self to hear. At least, at least not in the way that my 18-year-old self heard them. Jeremiah 29 comes shortly after the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar overran Jerusalem and carted off numerous Israelites. Scribes, lawyers, priests, craft persons, generals, even their king. Anyone crucial to the nation who could increase Babylon's prosperity while simultaneously keeping Judah subject and in disarray. The whole of Jeremiah chapter 29 serves as a letter to those lost children of Abraham. A prophet's encouragement to those who have forcibly been removed from their homes, their families, their livelihood, their very identity as God's beloved people. Israel mourns now by the waters of Babylon, remembering how their ancestors had toiled in Egypt and later suffered under the hands of the Assyrians. And now they look to God's prophets, hopeful that a word will come that this time of exile, displacement, and despair will wrap up quickly and they can return triumphantly to the land God had promised to them. And in fact, other prophets were saying as much. Um, Jeremiah 28 records how Hananiah, a self-proclaimed prophet, tells the people, God will strike down these Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, you'll only be in exile for two years. And after that short time, God will bring you back and bring our king back to rule from Jerusalem. All the exiles will return home. You'll all be reunited with your families again. And this will have been a minor inconvenience for all of us as God breaks the yoke of Babylon the Great. Hananiah encourages the people to rise up against their captors, to stir up dissension, and to, to fight their way back home. As Hananiah proclaims, God wills it. But here Jeremiah offers a different, contradictory message. Shedding insight into what God truly desires for God's people. You are strangers in a strange land. You are separated from your families, your support systems, and all of the comforts generations past have taken for granted. Your days will be hard, and you will live as exiles to be buried among the people who stripped you away from the land of God's promises. Some of you may never return home to life the way it once was. Get used to it. Build houses. Plant gardens. Invest in your surroundings. Marry, have children, raise them up faithfully, and give them a way to be married. Be fruitful in your exiled displacement. 
And more than that, work to benefit the cities where you find yourselves held captive. Don't resist by raising up arms. Resist. Resist by investing in the future of your community. Establishing justice for the oppressed, befriending those who are now your enemies, and work for the common good of those around you. Because when your neighbors prosper, you will prosper. Don't be deceived, people of Judah. This will not be a short stay. Generations will pass you by in this foreign place. Some of you will never make it home or see the other side. Be patient and endure. The time is coming when I, the Lord, will free you from this hell. For I know what I have in store for you. Plans to build you up stronger than you were before. Plans to fortify your relationships with others. Plans to send you out sharing the good news of all that the Lord has done for you. And it all starts here. In this place of exile and discomfort. Pray. I, the Lord, will hear you. Open your eyes. You will see the Lord. Trust that even in your exile, I, the Lord, am with you, offering you peace to comfort your troubled hearts, drawing you back into the presence of God's favored mercy, forgiveness, and love. I don't know which is better. Because the hope that Hananiah had offered the people was illusory. It's what the people wanted to hear. But not what God was telling them. And so in this light, Jeremiah 29.11 doesn't have the pomp and circumstance that we're accustomed to. Nor is it easy for those in our place to hear. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 is not intended for a singular person's rallying cry that everything in front of you will be perfect and blameless. It is not a keychain promise. It is, however, intended for an entire people who have lost all hope that their future will amount to anything for a people who are convinced that things can only get worse from here. God's promises, your your exile will be long and you must be patient, but don't lose hope in your waiting. Be patient, but be active. Live, take spouses, have children, build houses, Plant gardens, raise, nurture, grow, love, give, celebrate all that God will do for you in this place. Care for the gifts that God has entrusted to you. Multiply in your exile. Do not decrease. Because it's not just about increasing the size of Israel. It's about refusing to wither 
in the face of uncertainty and adversity. Don't let the circumstances of your suffering keep you from glorifying God. Endure in every sense of the word. Endure your oppressors by refusing to succumb to hopelessness and despair. Endure by thriving. Endure by praying. Endure by trusting in the God who refuses to stay hidden from us and promises that you will receive the realized hope of homecoming. Being God's beloved at this time and in this place might not be easy, desirable, or comfortable. It is, after all, exile. Settling in for the long haul means that we will need to be creative in finding the materials to build the homes we regrettably are forced to inhabit. It means raising our children in a world and in a way we would not have chosen for them. It means that some of us may never see what we've left behind again. It means that we will try, that we will suffer, and yes, we may fail. But there is hope for our future. And so we must patiently and faithfully endure. We may be in exile, but we are not alone. God remains with us even still. The church across this land is in its own exile, and it has been since long before many of us were even born. And in many ways, we, God's people, are the first generation of exiles raised in a foreign, oppressive land, a land that does not celebrate the mercy and the forgiveness of God as the bedrock to the fabric of our society. A land that does not produce more and more disciples of Jesus by nature of our communal engagement and proximity. A land that does not insist upon its inhabitants the importance of sacrifice and patience and endurance and the priority of faithfully following Jesus in spite of hardship and fatigue and frustration. This land in which we live is not our own. The church is not what we wish for it to be, and yet we cling to the hope that God has given us the strength to persevere. What we build as God's faithful people will not look like what our predecessors built. We are living in a different time. The relationships we foster with one another will not look like the ones our parents nurtured. We are living in a different place. The lessons we teach are more important now than ever because we cannot assume the same 
character, the same values, the same way of Jesus is embodied by those who surround us. Everything we do as God's people in exile demands a higher level of intentionality, a deeper commitment to the core of our baptismal identity, buried and raised with Jesus himself, and a more generous expression of our Eucharistic celebration. We are Christ's body, broken and given for a hungry world. Be patient with one another, steadfast in faith and in prayer. Because in our own time, God's people are all that remain to spread the good news of Jesus' resurrection life from death and God's liberation of our captive humanity. We must patiently and faithfully endure. We may be in exile, but we are not alone. God remains with us even still. God has given us the promise that life will trample down death and all of its power. God has given us the spirit to lead, to guide, and to protect us as we witness to the kingdom God has built from out of the shadow of Jesus' cross and empty tomb. And so this is the plan God has for us, the future God has in store for us. Plans to prosper and grow in faith, to strengthen our relationships with God and with one another, and to tell of the hope that God has given us in Jesus. Make disciples who join us for the long haul, who commit alongside us to the work of pointing to God's steadfast love for creation, that all of us might graduate to a better, stronger, more faithful form of following Jesus, trusting in the God who grants us hope and peace to endure the days to come. Amen.